Ladies and gentlemen, the Denver Nuggets are your 2023 NBA champions, and I am here with Letty, Butsy, and Jordan to recap the Game 5 that made them the champions as aforementioned. So, quite the game. Honestly, a very bad played, a very poorly played game, very poorly officiated game, but it ended up being quite interesting towards the end there as I believe the Nuggets only end up winning by five. And it, so it ended relatively close and the Heat were sticking in it for the long haul. The Nuggets could not shoot. There's a lot to get to. We have to talk about so much, but I wanted to ask you, Jordan, are Butsy and I still prisoners of the moment when we asked, when we declared rather the Nuggets would win in five? Jordan had the nerve to call us prisoners of the moment. So go ahead. No, 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 not us. You, me. That's ahead, such a Jordan. bad question to start the pod. First of no, all, I why? I Did picked you... the Nuggets in six. I, but I, I picked, picked them in the five and was prisoner of the moment. So <laughs> that's. <laughs> that's uh, I don't think you were. You, you were. You said it was more likely that the Nuggets would go up. Uh, two one than one one or no something you said something stupid that it was more likely they would go three nope. zero than two one that's what you said and I called you prisoner of the moment after game two that's not what so happened. that's exactly what happened I said they're gonna win <laughs> I said they're gonna win in five um I just like making you apologize for all your horrendous takes throughout <laughs> the season I think you have the worst track record of takes this season okay maybe I'm just the most outgoing how about that <laughs> outgoing all right <laughs> but see the actual most outgoing how do you feel for mm. the Nuggets? and their win I'm, I'm excited uh i think they were the best team in the nba all season um and i i really believe that like the best team won this year uh, i thought they were the most complete team um i thought they did what they had to do when it got gross when it got gritty and grimy i thought they were able to pull out a win and you know usually the heat shine in those moments and they've been able to uh, exploit teams on their way to the finals in those moments uh specifically like the celtics um, I know this it always comes back to Boston for us, but um enough of enough of that. Uh I thought the Nuggets are more than deserving of this championship. Uh they won the close ones, they hit the big shots and they needed to, they got the stops. Uh I think they have a great story. Uh obviously Murray getting tearing his ACL a couple years ago uh really set this team back a couple years, but to but to see them win, I mean, I can't think of a more deserving team to win the championship than the Denver Nuggets. Letty, do you think before we get into the game itself, do you think that the Nuggets winning in the way that they did changes the way that basketball teams are going to be built for the next couple of years. We saw it with, you know, various teams that have won each sort of try to emulate uh, the team that's won, you know, what they did to build their team. Do you think that's going to happen in the NBA and for the upcoming seasons, try and build around a star like that? Uh, the reason I would say no to that is because Jokic is one of one. Yeah. I know we've seen a guy who could consistently put up triple doubles as a, as a center and pass the way he does and be the center of an offense. The only other guy that I think is similar to him in that way is um, Sabonis. And I think that the Kings have something pretty similar to what the Nuggets have right now. I think um, actually I saw an interesting stat, the Jokic to Aaron Gordon tandem, the assist that they had was uh, the best in the NBA as any tandem. And I don't, I can't remember the last time two big men, like that have been so effective together. And then they just, they hit the ground running. They were a nightmare of a matchup. It was Michael Porter Jr. at 6'10", being a an explosive guard-like player. And then Jamal Murray coming back and doing his thing. So I, it'd be a very, very 
hard team to replicate, and you'd have to you just have to get lucky. Yeah, the only the only um, pushback I have to that is the way that they're built is you have your money tied up with two stars, and then the rest are lower contracted players. Um, some would call them lower middle class in terms of contract levels and the reason i think that this is going to be come more of a way that teams are built is that with the upcoming cba rules you're going to need to really be smart in how you spend your money and i think that more teams are going to be because the middle class is basically getting removed from the nba uh contract wise you're either going to have your super max guys your extremely expensive stars and then you're going to have your uh, lower you know your lower contracted players which is what denver is really built up with you have your money tied up with Jokic and jamal and then the rest are kind of lower contracts that you fill in and you're able to get what they did is they signed a bunch of you know players for lower contracts but they filled out their bench and they were really deep so i think that's what's going to happen for the future let's talk the actual game now jordan what was the first thing that stuck out to you about this game first thing i mean I, I guess after the game's conclusion, the first thing that I think about is just how poorly I thought Jimmy Butler played all night. It's the first thing that comes to my mind. I know he hit huge shots down the stretch, um, two huge threes, and then an absolutely bogus foul call on a three Terrible. where he made two foul shots. He also he made a like a floater, I think, and I think he got actually fouled on another play. So he had a great fourth quarter overall. But for me, Jimmy Butler – if you go back to say the Milwaukee series, really put that team on his back, had multiple 40 point games. Um, it obviously was the biggest reason that that heat team got as far as they did. And we were talking about him as potentially a top five player in the playoffs and going forward in the league. And I think this game was just really surprising. I know obviously people are going to say he, he hurt his ankle. I thought, athletically he looked healthy enough to me I think he just looked passive and he looked off and if the Heat were going to win this game I think they needed a bigger game from Jimmy like I said he played great in the fourth but just all night really struggled and yeah that's that's my biggest takeaway it it doesn't make me think differently of Jimmy as a player I know people are gonna overreact and and go the complete other way that we were going in the beginning of these playoffs I'm not gonna do that I still think Jimmy's a great player um, it it almost like cancels out for me where I'm at the same place I was before these playoffs with Jimmy as I am now. I want to flip it to Butsy because he's been our most outspoken Jimmy critic, I think, so far. So Butsy, here's the floor. Um, I I'm kind of with Jordan in the sense that the like the the perception of Jimmy coming into the playoffs got completely negated by his finals performance. Um. We when Jimmy came into the season, like he wasn't into the playoffs, he wasn't even an all star this season. He had a mediocre, pretty mediocre season, uh, but he was obviously the number one guy on the Heat. And like Jordan said, he was just passive. Um, I think it started in the Celtics series, you saw it in a couple games in the middle games, uh, in the middle part of that series, he was passive. And in all series, I thought he was passive. Um, he whether he's hurt or whether he just didn't, you know, kind of step up. Um, obviously, he had an incredible fourth quarter. I think he had. Uh, 11 straight points for them in the fourth quarter. So that means he only had 10 points coming into the fourth quarter. That's unbelievable, for, uh, especially in a game where Denver couldn't hit anything. They shot 40, uh, sorry, uh, 57% from the free throw line. I think they were like 50% coming into the fourth quarter, or even below that. 
I think they were 45% from the line coming into the fourth quarter. Denver had nothing going. It was a perfect storm for the Heat and for Jimmy to kind of step up and, you know, pretty much force us to a game six back in Miami, and he wasn't able to do it. Um, I thought that the the Jimmy hype was a little too big coming into uh, this finals. Um, obviously, his play in the playoffs was great, but it kind of declined in the Celtics series and then obviously was not up to par, up to snuff with kind of – what we saw in the uh, first round. I mean, I think he averaged some like high thirties in the first round. And then this, this series, he didn't really put on a great performance. So uh, I, I think the perception of Jimmy coming into the playoffs is, is kind of still where I'm at with him. I just, everyone was, was kind of meat riding him because, Oh, Jimmy's this Jimmy's that. And he just finds a way to get it done. Um, he couldn't have got it done without his fucking role players. And I, and I know we've talked about that extensively on this pod, but his role players kind of carried him in a lot of games where he did not pick up the slack. So I thought the Heat role players were phenomenal, but at the end of the day, it's not enough to beat a team like Denver. You kind of have to have your star to step up and at least have, you know, one 30-point game to to help continue the series. Like, and that and that was supposed to be tonight, I thought. Um, but it didn't happen. So um, Jimmy's still great, but he's not that guy. Like, I, I think the Hemi, the Hemi statement is, is, is kind of out of my vocabulary now and should be out of uh, – most people's vocabulary after this finals performance. Um. All right. I think we've gone too long without mentioning him. We have to talk about Nikola Jokic right now. Letty, he is the best player in the NBA, in my opinion. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. He's unstoppable. Yeah. Gets he to his spots. He gets his teammates involved. He's been wildly efficient in the playoffs. I think I saw something that he – has shot over 50% almost every game. And the way he plays, it's almost like I can't see him playing a bad game. Because even if yeah. he's not shooting the ball well, he's doing everything else. He doesn't even make bad decisions. Like, game game to game, there's whole weeks he goes without making a bad pass. And then yeah. when he does make one, you're like, what the fuck? But he really doesn't make ever make the wrong pass. Um, whether it's fundamental or he's threading the needle, all of them are the right idea. And the way that he is able to just, you know, kind of stagger his, you know, output, right? So he doesn't go full throttle the entire game. You can see him, you know, figuring out when he's going to need to store up energy, when he's going to need to really push push it to the max. Um, it's something knows- about his demeanor, too. Cause- yes, after the game, he was getting interviewed, and Lisa Salters asked him, how does it feel to be an NBA champion? He goes, it's cool. It's cool. He's so like, back. Go home. Like yeah. he just he's like he doesn't give a shit. Like this yeah, other job. players. <laughs> literally, that he watched his horses that night. Yeah, but, he uh the lowest drafted player to ever win Finals MVP, and he deserved that Finals MVP. Selected forty first overall. I mean, ridiculous. The the stuff he was able to do is ridiculous on the basketball court. Um, he draws so much attention on the offensive end to the point where. He can excel. Uh, obviously, he's a great passing ability, but um, he was able to just find open guys. He's able to find open guys whenever they're open. Um, whether it's a cut, whether it's you know someone's someone cuts through and draws draws the D in, and they can kick uh, to the corner. I I mean his passing ability and his just overall basketball IQ is is second to none in the NBA, and I uh, I think he's firmly sitting atop the league when it comes to best players. Um, the I guess the I don't even know if there's a close two right now. Maybe it's maybe it's Giannis in my opinion. Yeah, I think Giannis, Giannis is, is probably second. number two. But yeah, like Jokic was unbelievable. But in my opinion, 
Denver role players. I feel like every piece of Denver played an intricate part in what they were able to do. Yeah. And like winning this series and winning the finals and, and winning all season. You can't have the success that they had all season and, and, and in the playoffs without having some of your main guys step up. Bruce Brown stepped up in game four. Um, you know, Christian Brown stepped up in game three. Like this team just kind of kept sending guys at you that just played fucking balls to the wall um, and, and wanted to win more than anything. Yeah. Let's stay on Jokic still because I feel like we need to really hammer it home and just give him his flowers because this guy is making history before our eyes and we've never seen a player like him. I, I don't know who to compare him to in our lifetime. I don't think there's anyone comparable, I guess. I, I don't I really don't know, but I mean it's like if Dirk and Steve Nash had a baby. Yeah, exactly. Because he's got the passing and vision and the ability to step the teammates of Steve Nash, but the body type and Europeanness of Dirk. I it's it's yeah, it's he's a unicorn. Um Jordan, what do you think about Jokic at this moment? And what are your like I know we're we're kind of going ahead of things, but what do you feel? Do you think Denver should be favored next season going into it to win the finals? And Jordan just left. <laughs> so, yeah, 100%, Max. I really think that was a great point you just made. Um, I, I, Michael Malone said it uh, at the, at the, when he was getting interviewed, they, they're not just satisfied with one. And I think if they can keep this team together, there's no reason why they can't run it back next year. Um, I know the Nug, uh, the Bucks will be healthy. Obviously, I think the Celtics will figure a few things out and a few teams across the league will get better and, and will push for a championship. But, Denver's still the best team in the NBA. Like I said, coming into the uh, at the beginning of the pod, they're the best team in the NBA. They played like it. Um, I think they have one of the best surrounding groups, um, and I and I think they have the best player in the NBA. So I think when you have that combined, I mean, they have also probably the best number two guy in the NBA in Jamal Murray. Like he was absolutely fucking lethal. I know Steve Kerr called him the head of the snake for this offense, but um, Jokic is just so absurdly consistent and. In a game where, you know, shit wasn't going right for Denver, Jokic was able to just get some clutch key buckets in the fourth quarter, attacking the rim, getting the mismatches off the screen, uh, and getting to the rim. And uh, and I, I, that was the difference, in my opinion. I thought Jokic was just unstoppable. He was like the immovable object. So, um, yeah, shout out Denver. Shout out Jokic. I agree with that. Um, Jamal Murray even said the other day, he seems like he thinks Jokic can get to another level. Too, he thinks he can get better. It's really scary. Um, and the fact that the Nuggets aren't losing anybody. Bruce Brown might sign somewhere else and make himself a bag. I bet even I'd even bet he doesn't too. Or he'll stay. And I think the Nuggets are. Is it crazy of me to say the Nuggets are possibly the next dynasty in the West? No, it's not crazy because as long as you have Jokic, you have a chance. Because this team is so. The way that they're constructed is a way that they can continuously be constructed. And as I mentioned before with the CBA, I mean, you're going to have more of these high-end role players on very low contracts because the middle class is gone, right? So you're going to get the Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, you know, MPJ-level guys at lower contracts. Maybe MPJ takes a step up and he gets into the higher echelon of contracts, but names like that. And then plus, you're going to have guys that want to either A, go play with Jokic that are in their primes and want to be unlocked by him or be, you know, really solid buyout guys that are going to go try and ring chase. And the idea with that, like, you know, Kevin loves of the world or other players like that, that, you know, want to go get play, go play with a great teammate like Jokic. And I don't know when you win, 
there's two things that can happen. The disease of more that Pat Riley's speech where people want to go win and want more and more and, you know, get a little selfish and then the whole thing falls apart or you go the other way and you, you know, get more people that want to join and help you win together and you figure things out more and more. And I think with Jokic as your superstar, you're going to go the other way where everything's going to be all right. And I think, I really do think that there is potential to be a dynasty with this team. I know I am being prisoner at the moment at this, at this very moment, but I mean, I think it's a fair assessment. I know that's dynasty is a huge thing. I'm not saying it's like going to happen, but if there is a team right now that you could pick to have a really solid next couple of years where they win more than one championship, I would pick the Denver nuggets by far. Butsy, any thoughts on that? No, I, I'm agreed. Jordan, thanks for uh, coming back, man. I, I filled in for your question when your computer died, so don't worry. I got, I got most of. Your, I got your content for you. A shame the audience was robbed of my amazing answer. That was a tough computer death. I think that was my yeah. first on air mid podcast computer death. That was unfortunate. I think in we, terms of saved it. There's always oh, yeah. time for a first, though. There's a first for everything, but <laughs> four is yours. Yeah, that's on me. I didn't realize my battery was dwindling at such a rapid rate. The window. In terms of the dynasty talk, I think we should maybe cool it on that. Yeah, uh, here he comes. Fucking wet blanket. <laughs> I mean, you said it yourself. Dynasty is a big word. Yes, yeah. I could see them winning a second championship, of course. Um, But I think teams like Denver, the non-super team, um, winning a championship in this era where we've seen the super teams, where we have the crazy three-point shooting, it's very star-driven. And obviously they have a star, but they have one all-star on their team. And I know Jamal Murray will probably make all-star games in the future because he's that good. But I think this this team winning kind of shows the direction of the NBA. And I think that we're going to see more parity and more teams, you know, going back and forth with titles rather than dynasties, rather than the Warriors who dominate for, you know, four out of eight years. And it's the Warriors versus Cavs for whatever it was, four straight years. Then you have the Miami run before that. Like, I don't think we're going to have those teams anymore because obviously the new CBA. And also I think players are over a little bit are over the whole super team stuff and going and trying to win and manufacture wins. Like we saw with KD in Brooklyn. Um, so I, I do think organizations are going to start building more organically. And I think players are going to want to stick around and try to build with one organization. And that's why I think like this Denver team, yes, they're amazing, but you don't look at them. Like you look at the, those 17 and 18 warrior teams where you're like, they are unbeatable. There's not a single team that can beat them. I think uh, the Bucks this year, if they were, if Giannis was fully healthy, and honestly, I think Chris Middleton was still struggling coming back from an injury. I think a fully powered Bucks squad, we would have been given one of the best finals of all time this year. And I, I love the Bucks going forward. Obviously, we're biased towards Celtics fans. I think the Celtics will win a championship in the future. I don't know how many years you want to say, um, but I'm just like that's just two examples of teams that I think will win championships in the coming years. I don't think this is going to be a, a Denver dominant run, although maybe they are, you know, the best team of the next five, six years. I don't think they're the only team though. And that's better for the NBA ultimately. Cause I think parody, you lose your viewers. And now Den Denver's becoming a real market, or I guess is now a, a legit market in the NBA. And to think this year, 
they on their programming they couldn't get Denver games in Denver. Like they couldn't. <laughs> it was the hardest team for them to watch was the Denver Nuggets because they had like some issue with the Mountain West programming. You know, nerd stuff that I don't know enough about, but I do know that that was a big issue where they literally couldn't watch their own games on cable in their network until now win a championship. Just think of, I mean, my whole thing falling in love with basketball and the NBA and the Celtics and everything was watching them win with my dad at two th- in 2008. You now have a bunch of kids that have watched them win. So now you're going to make diehard fans. And it's just ultimately much better for the game when multiple franchises uh, win, you know, championships rather than watching the Warriors, the Cavs, the Heat, like Jordan mentioned, just win it over and over again. It gets boring. I know people are saying that this is the least watch, um, you know, finals in a really long time, but the numbers are not backing that up. Uh, there's only a couple hundred thousand lower than the Celtics fi- Celtics Warriors finals last year, which sounds like a lot, and technically it is, but if you're looking at the jump, there was like a 4 billion viewer count jump from the f- finals before the Celtics Warriors finals to the Celtics versus Warriors finals. So that difference between last year's finals and this year's finals is not a huge drop-off. So ultimately, I think it is much better for the game if we do have parity, and I am with Jordan. I Although I do think Denver wins multiple championships, I think there is parity coming up in the season, and I'm excited for it. So um, do you guys want to hold off on the future of the NBA talk for another episode when we're more well-rested and have you know, taken some time to settle in and in the meantime just continue to talk about the game because I think that's the way to do it here. Yeah, yeah. We have, we, there's so much more to talk about this series yeah. and, and talk about this game. Um, Can we talk I thought, about KCP real quick? Because I thought he had one of the – or I thought he was one of the most important players in this game. Uh, he has the late steal on Butler. Just the the speed that he plays with. I I I didn't realize how fast that guy was, but he really um in the moment a lot of players wither away. He really stepped up, and when the lights were brightest, he showed up. And I was really really impressed with his game. Where I I just want to hear your thoughts on him, Butsy. I thought he was phenomenal. Um, I thought he was like I said. Each player, you could point at each player in this series, and they had a moment that really helped their team win, or they had a couple plays, or they had a game that really helped their team win. Like I said, Christian Brown, Bruce Brown, and and tonight KCP, uh, he was really great on both ends uh, of the floor. Um, I'm I'm really, you know, kind of happy that he kind of got his shining moment because it seemed like every other player on Denver did, but kind of KCP and MPJ, we were kind of wondering whether they were going to step up or not, or when that was going to happen. Uh, so for KCP to step up and, you know, MPJ as well uh, had had 16 tonight on seven of 17 shooting. He didn't have a great game, but he still had a decent game. Um, and I thought you just kind of talk about Denver as a whole. I thought they overcame a lot in this game. They overcame some really shitty calls in the beginning. They overcame some bad calls late. Um, I know KCP ended up getting the steal on Jimmy, but <clears throat> excuse me, Jimmy traveled there. His yes, back foot 100% slid. They had the shitty call on the challenge where Jimmy kicked his leg out. In my opinion, that's a no call. I don't think that's a flag, a foul on Jimmy. I just think that's a no call. Um, but they overcame a lot. They overcame a late Jimmy Butler run, which I think was you know kind of standard for Jimmy. And he's gonna he was gonna take over and, and win this game. And everyone was gonna say Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, and it was gonna go back to Miami. And who the hell knew, knows what was gonna happen then? But Denver overcame a lot. I think it really speaks to the mental toughness of this team and how Michael Malone kind of has this team wired. Uh, I think Michael Malone was, is probably, I don't know, top three coach in the league right now. 
Uh, I, I think he's a player's coach, and he really gets his his guys going. And and after game, uh, what was it? Game two when they lost, this team was a completely different team. The energy that they played with, the togetherness that they played with, was uh, really exciting and fun to watch. So I, I want to just give a, a major shout out to Michael Malone because um he had this team wired the right way um i think they might not have been the most talented team in the nba they obviously have the best player and, and a great supporting cast but the team is wired to fucking win uh and they got it done yeah i'm with you um letty can you talk to me about the bam game because at first i thought this was going to be like an all-timer bam game and then he seriously kind of cooled off a bit um he ends up going eight for 21 i believe which is, or sorry, 9 for 20, so a little bit better than 8 for 21. And he does have 12 rebounds and 20 points, but, I mean, I thought he really slowed down in the second half there. And, you know, I mean, his defense was pretty solid, but I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about this BAM game. What do you feel about it? Um, I, I want to give BAM his flowers for this series. I think he definitely stepped up in the way that he needed to which was to average 20 points a game and be the clear number two on this team and it was up to jimmy to power this offense and score the ball and and facilitate and do everything and jimmy did not look aggressive at all like jordan mentioned before sure he gets in the paint gets two feet in but then denver stayed home on miami shooters they couldn't get open looks It, it was up to jimmy to score the basketball and he wasn't doing that and he and there was like a very sloppy stretch in the game. I think with like eight minutes left in the fourth where the heat were just consistently going back to Kyle Lowry to get them clutch buckets, which was just disgusting. I don't think anyone wanted to watch that. He was just taking a dribble, looking fat and then shucking up a shot. And and other times it wouldn't Um, thick. He prefers the word thick, whatever, thick, girthy, plump, whatever you want to say. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I mean, what got the heat there was Jimmy facilitating, kicking out the shooters, and they'd run like kind of Warriors-esque off-ball screen, off-ball movements, dribble handoffs into shots, and Denver stayed down, and they didn't bite. And the way I think Jimmy should have adapted was he should have understood that he needed to be a scorer for them to win and be a threat and start drawing two people to get his teammates involved. When they stayed home and he was still kicking out, it didn't work. And I don't think that has anything to do with Bam. I think when Bam got the ball, he was aggressive and he was a threat. And they, yes, they put him in positions to score, but I think he did what he was pretty much capable of doing. And I think this one, this goes to, this loss goes to Jimmy. Yeah. Which is weird because Jimmy's the whole reason they're there too. But you're right. I mean, they needed him to continue to be Jimmy and, for whatever reason, he couldn't do it. I mean, it, it's a big ask. They they just shouldn't have been there, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, they just should not have been but, there. There's no way to win with this uh, model. Like, my thing is, like, Led, Jimmy isn't the entire reason they got there. Like, the, the role players for Miami yeah. were incredible all playoffs. I mean, all the announcers could talk about all playoffs, and it made me fucking lose my mind. I'm sure it did when they played the Knicks as well. Oh, these undrafted guys, these undrafted guys, these undrafted guys. If we had like an undrafted guys counter for the for the commentators, it was probably oh, yeah. over a hundred, oh, like yeah. throughout the whole duration of the playoffs. I mean, it was unbelievable how much you talked about these guys, and they and they deserve the credit. Um, they they really helped Jimmy get there when Jimmy was not Jimmy. 
Uh, like I thought the role players were the reason that they beat the Celtics. Um, Caleb Martin had a fucking ridiculous series. Gabe Vincent looked like one of the best point guards uh, in the NBA. Um, so I, I think the role players were just absolutely ginormous. But um, Jordan, what's your take on this kind of this Heat team as a whole? Um, and you know why they why they fell up, why they fell short? Well, listen, I don't think they were. I'm not going to say that they had no chance to beat the Nuggets. I think Jimmy played a really bad game tonight, and he played a bad series overall. The stuff Letty was saying about Jimmy, I kind of agree with with how he has to draw two. But the way you draw two isn't just by driving. It's it's by making shots, and it's by being aggressive and forcing them to send doubles at you. So Jimmy, to me, passed up too many shots, um, sat in the corner too many possessions, didn't demand the ball enough. I thought he went to his post game a lot, which he has a great post game, but to me, his his patented stuff is the pull-up jumper. I thought he went away from that. I thought he passed up a ton of 12, 15 footers, um, seemingly for no reason. I I couldn't figure that out. So to me, that was the biggest reason. If Jimmy played the way he he did and the way he's capable of, um, like the way he played earlier in these playoffs, I absolutely think that he'd have had a chance to win this series. I don't think um I, I would go the route of they don't uh they shouldn't have been here. I think they should have been here. I think it's tough when the Heat, their their playoff started in the play-in, and they've been playing playoff basketball for an extra two and a half, three weeks over the Nuggets. So Jimmy looked gassed. He looked a little hurt, and he just didn't look like himself to me. In terms of the Bam stuff, I think Bam played amazing in the first half, like Max mentioned, and like Letty mentioned. I thought, honestly, they kind of went away from him in the second half, kind of out of nowhere, and I didn't understand why. Um, I think he was 8 for 13 in the first half with like i don't know 15 to to 16 points something like that and he was one for seven in the second obviously one for seven isn't what you want but to me he barely got touches they they ran offense through him in the first half they they run the the top of the key dribble handoffs they have him setting the screen for their guards a lot and he gets that catch on the short roll and he scored on Jokic a lot in the first half i don't know why they didn't go back to that a lot more and he got in foul trouble too um, yeah, uh, I don't know how many minutes he played in the second half, but I just felt that I watched too many possessions where Bam wasn't involved, and I felt the same way about Jimmy. But for Jimmy, it, it made a little bit of sense because he didn't look like he wanted to be involved. Bam had it going. I don't know what what the deal was there. Obviously, Lowry um, was playing well, but I, I don't know why they didn't run more stuff through Bam. So that was yeah. kind of... Um, the two big reasons that I think Miami lost this game because you really can't play better defense than Miami did. We haven't mentioned that both teams play great defense, um, but to hold this Nuggets team to 94 and to force them to make 14 turnovers, a lot of them were forced, maybe a couple unforced, but that was the best defense that Miami could possibly play. Uh, one final question, and then we can all head to bed here. Uh, did Eric Spolstra fuck this game up? Um. I'll start, I guess, because I have some thoughts. I think I wouldn't say he fucked it up. I do think, like I just said, they should have gone to Bam more. I don't know if that was, you know, something Spolstra purposely went away from or if he didn't, you know, I don't know if Bam just didn't have it going in the second half and the foul trouble, like Letty mentioned, throws a wrench in that. Um, I, I don't think he fucked this game up. I don't know where else you would look and say that he fucked it up because the defense, the zone is, I mean, how much credit can you give to a coach for the way that that team plays defense? Because yes, they have good defensive personnel, 
but to see a team that connected and that locked in um, playing a zone, especially in the NBA where zones tend to get picked apart because guys can shoot so well. I think you give so much credit to him there. I don't know. I mean, what else are you thinking? He, he fucked up Max. I, I, I just, I know that's going to be a narrative. I don't think I'm with you. I don't think he fucked it up. I thought There's... he did the best he could do, but I just figured to get ahead of first take and, you know, the ESPN stories, uh, the talking head guys, because you know that's going to be something that people are saying. I don't think there's – I don't think there'll be a big – yeah, I, I agree with Led. I don't really feel like Dude, you're, you're going to Dude, you're telling me that. Perkins isn't going to say some dumb shit like that Well, tomorrow. he's a fucking dumbass. So I like, know. That's ooh. what I'm saying. Oh, was untouchable. Yeah. He he is. And I, I, he, he probably is the best coach in the NBA. I mean yep. – He's a big. He's probably the biggest reason why the heat this heat team got here. I know I just said it might have been the role players, but like in all honesty, it's probably Spo. Oh yeah, it's uh, all he. Spo. He outcoached every single head coach on the way to the finals, and finally kind of met his match a little bit with Michael Malone. I, I think Michael Malone's in that upper echelon of NBA coaches, SAT word. Um, Whoa. but I, I the Heat just were kind of overpowered and they were overmatched and. Uh, Jimmy didn't step up like like we thought he was going to, and and Bam didn't wasn't aggressive, and and in the fourth quarter too, Bam looked like he was kind of forcing forcing shit a little bit at the rim. Uh, I think there was two out of like three or four possessions where Bam kind of attacked the rim a little out of control and threw the ball over the backboard or got blocked on a layup or just kind of really didn't have a chance of finishing. So I felt like Bam kind of went away from what was working. Uh, when he got the ball, which was kind of, you know, attacking the space and, and you know, getting these nice push shots over Jokic. Uh, I know he had a great drive in the first half where he kind of uh, went right and then cut back middle and attacked Jokic and, and kind of finished fading to his left with his right hand. And uh, I thought he kind of went away from what was working for him personally. I know, like Jordan said, they didn't really give him the ball as much, which I don't know if that's on Spo. I, I don't know if what happened down the stretch was, was as much on Spo uh, as it kind of was just on Jimmy, just like not demanding the basketball and, and just taking this game over. But I think Spo is probably the biggest reason why this Heat team got as far as they did. Uh, I don't think there'll be any Spo hate in the media. I don't think he deserves any kind of negative uh, narrative towards him in, in any way. Yeah, I agree. I do. I do think though, Jimmy did take this game over down the stretch. Um, I think Jimmy started taking it over around like what, six minutes, five minutes, um, up until that point was where I was frustrated with how Miami was running offense. Once Jimmy started going, it was the whole offense was ISO Jimmy, let Jimmy go. And it worked for a while, but he he obviously couldn't get him um, all the way. I think the first take story tomorrow is all Jimmy Butler. Um, the the Butsy storyline is Jimmy Butler a superstar. Is he as good as we thought? Is he a fraud? Whatever. Um, I think that's the biggest first take headline. I think that might actually overshadow the Jokic headlines, which is going to be, is Nikola Jokic the best player in the world? Which yeah. we, we've we heard that storyline for these whole finals. So those are my two big first take storylines for tomorrow morning. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, all right. Well, we're officially in off season. Uh, John Morant's suspension should be announced any minute now. I don't know. I don't know when. It probably has to happen tomorrow. But this is just imagine, the worst yeah. time in sports. Like this is just going to be an absolute grind. Well, of we got summer. draft. We have draft, but I mean, it's Off not season. basketball. It's yeah. not basketball. It's like people it's like just mid draft. Yeah, it's a mid draft too, and then it's like a very mid off season potentially. Unless, like, I mean, 
there you could see movement like you could see dame get moved or whatever but everybody mental health check on butsy over these next few months because yeah. this is the saddest you will see him when sports <laughs> go down and there's nothing to bet on and he has to watch midday baseball games all day so just t- give oh, him a text send him a yeah. heart emoji i don't know just keep him in good spirits yeah Speaking please of baseball alex verdugo is dog shit Okay, yeah. I mean, I mean, we're not really going to talk about the Red Sox no, losing just, an extra to the Rockies at home, are we? Yeah. I mean, this is like, well, you the know, fact he, that he the... grounded out, it was four three in the bottom of the tenth, one out, and he grounds out to a double play. What if the you like Buffy talk though? Oh wow, thanks, Jordan. Wow, damn. The fact that this is like what we could be talking about for the next two and a half months makes me just utterly depressed. Um, yeah. I like, I'm gonna have to watch the Pirates play the A's at twelve thirty five on a fucking. No, you Wednesday. have a problem. For the rest of the summer, I'm not even like I I I might not even bet on it. Like I I gotta say I gotta start saving bet some on money. That. I gotta start saving some money for some N- for the NFL season. Maybe throw I like might 10... not even bet on it. I might not. I mean, like I might throw ten cents on it on Fliff and try to build up the Fliff bankroll. Um, but besides God. that, it's think just of the like... sentence you just said. I'm gonna put ten cents on Fliff on the Pirates and the A's at twelve thirty on a Wednesday. You know what? That's a problem. It's better than me saying I'm putting a hundred bucks on on the Pirates and A's game at at twelve thirty five on a Wednesday. But I mean, there's like there's nothing like there's no like I think this is just a point where I lay all my futures and and then I realize when the NFL season starts I have like five hundred dollars pending and you know I kind of don't think about it for a while and then week like seventeen will roll around and I'll be like I really need uh the Texans to lose this week. So uh I can't wait for that. That's gonna be a blast. But I think I need to build up the bankroll for the uh MLB se- or for the NFL season. So it's basically it's just time to get to work and uh save a little bit of coin so that we could lose it all uh when the NFL season starts. All right. That that was something that went a lot longer than I expected. Holy crap, that was quite the monologue, dude. I <laughs> I didn't expect you to you've been really thinking about that. Um, all right. Well, well I'm, I'm, I'm just not on. looking forward to it. Uh can we get a Letty uh football check? Because I, I think Letty's yeah. gonna try and turn into a football guy. What's your team season? Like? Jet fan, baby. J E T S. So now you're all of a sudden getting in. How do you feel about Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> <sighs> love the guy, dude. He's gonna get us there. Over that <laughs> You're gonna love him Over in what three hump? months when he's talking shit in the media about about your receivers and your team. Not Garrett Wilson, bro. He's singing that guy's praises. I know. Wait for three months. <laughs> I don't have anything to judge this off of. I don't follow it enough. Yeah, oh, he's man. pretty crazy. Uh, it's gonna be exciting to watch your pain as a new Jets fan. It was really funny because the one game that I think led paid attention to the most. Was when it was like the Patriots played the Jets and it was like three to seven or whatever the fuck it was. It was just the like the the worst football game that you could ever watch, and the fucking Patriots return a punt with like thirteen seconds left and win the game. And Letty was Letty and Bonda were just the two most sad people I've ever seen. It was like the one time Letty sat down and watched a fucking Jets game, uh, with, with his roommate with his buddy Bonda and um. It didn't go well, so uh, that that kind of put lead on the back burner for the NFL for a little bit. But I think this new Rodgers uh, acquisition will hopefully uh, rejuvenate his fandom for for the team. Yeah, for I'm sure. all that. Um, I'm with you on the futures, Beth Butsy. That'll be a future pod. But all right, let's wrap it up. Um, congratulations to the Denver Nuggets on being the 2023 NBA champions. Uh, what a story! We got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're gonna be talking about. 
you know, takeaways from the playoffs, you know, uh, player stocks, whether or not they rose or fell. We're going to talk about the future of the NBA, offseason stuff. We're going to be going really in-depth in the upcoming draft um, with analysis on that. We might even do some team rebuilding that we did last year where, remember, Jordan and I rebuilt some teams. One of them was the New York Knickerbockers. So we have a Knicks fan here to help us do that. Maybe he doesn't. Why would you touch them? They're perfect. Before (laughs) they got Brunson, this is hey. First move was to fire Tibbs. I don't know your thought. We we don't answer that. Well, we already are going too long. But all right, thank you all for listening. We'll be back very soon with another episode. And.